classroom management is a major part of any classroom. Yet, my teacher prep required classroom management class didn't teach me much about managing the CTE classroom, shop, or lab. Most days, my students were working on projects, and not only were they working on projects, but they were usually loud, and they were usually using tools or something else that made the classroom even louder. As a CTE teacher, I needed additional strategies on how to manage my classes, and not only that, how to regain control after I had allowed them to start working on those projects. Maintaining or increasing enrollment. Staying on top of ever-changing content. Incorporating best teaching practices. These are just some of the challenges that we face as CTE teachers. Welcome to the On Your Prep podcast. My mission is to empower every career and technical educator to love going to work each day because they are teaching what they are passionate about, in addition to applying great teaching principles. I started teaching high school when I was 23. That put me only five to seven years older than my mostly male students. I'm also 5'6". Several times during my first year of teaching, I would get stopped by a hall monitor or another teacher thinking I was a student. Let's just say I was going to struggle with classroom management right out of the gate. During my third year of teaching, I, along with Jared, my welding teaching husband, was asked to speak to students in our undergrad program. At the time, I had a former female student from that first year teaching ask advice on how to manage a class of senior boys. I didn't have all the answers then, as I myself was still figuring them out, but today I want to share with you what has worked, how to get control of your secondary classroom, even if you are teaching in a shop or a lab. We're going to go over how you can use your posture, your omnipresent mic, and attention getters to quickly gain control of your class. The first classroom management strategy has to do with your body language and location in the classroom. Before I go into the specifics of this strategy, I'm going to warn you that you are most likely going to need to practice this one at home so that you can know how it feels. To illustrate this a little bit more, I'm going to tell you a story. While I was in high school and college, I taught figure skating. My students were mostly young kids, but I also taught adults. I learned quickly that there is a major difference between teaching kids and adults. I could show a skill or demonstrate a skill to a child and they would just try it. For the adults, before they tried it, they wanted a little more explanation and actually a lot more explanation. They wanted to know how it felt to do the skill. Since you cannot actually see me demonstrate this skill and strategy, I want you to feel or hear what it feels like. So what you're going to do is you are going to feel like you are a couple of feet taller than you are. That's the biggest thing is that you're going to be posturing yourself as you are larger than you are. Practice by taking a deep breath, elongating your body and rolling your shoulders back. You can also stretch your arms above your head to get into this position. Paul Bambrick Santoyo calls this square up, stand still in his book, Get Better Faster. 
By deliberately thinking about your posture, your body language will instantly give you authority. But your posture is only one part of the strategy. The next piece is your location. Decide on a place in your room that you would like to establish as the location from which you give instruction. By giving instruction or calling attention from the same place every time, you will be alerting students that you are ready to give instruction. They may even start to quiet down as they see you approaching this location. They will also know where to focus or look whenever they hear you begin to speak. This leads us to the next strategy. Use your dang mic. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. Use your dang mic. You may have a great teacher voice, but did you realize that when you're using your teacher voice, students actually hear you yelling and they can interpret this as anger or frustration directed toward them. We're here to teach students and build relationships. That doesn't happen when they think that you don't like them and that you're always yelling. So use your mic. Not only does the omnipresent mic save your voice, but I have startled some students. You always sound like you're right next to them. And sometimes it's actually funny to play with them. One of my previous principals had done some research. He claimed that using the omnipresent mic was the single best classroom management tool. So even if you feel awkward or you're worried about leaving it on while you're in the restroom, make sure that you are wearing it when you are giving instruction. The previous classroom management tips are good and well when you're in a typical classroom. They can also be applied to your CT classroom. So what do you do when students are working on projects? What if they are in a lab setting or a shop? Usually they're busy doing things and usually there's a lot of other noise going on, a lot of other distractions. Attention getters such as verbal cues, sounds, or songs are key to getting their attention in these situations. Elementary teachers are masters at using verbal cues. Not only that, but they have trained your secondary students. You do not need to reinvent the wheel here. If you were to go into a classroom and say, one, two, three, eyes on me, you will most likely get some students respond automatically with, one, two, eyes on you. Do a quick Google search and you'll find all sorts of ideas from raising your hand, using a bell, having students mimic what you say to even using parts of a song like saying all right stop with the response of collaborate and listen and then you can demonstrate your age at that point my genius first grade teacher trained us like pavlov's dog she had a bell one ding and we'd all stand two we'd all sit three we'd place our heads on our desk no matter what we were doing, how much we were talking, how loud it was, the moment she hit that bell, we followed her directions. While the bell probably wouldn't work the same way as it did in elementary, you can use sounds or even songs to get attention. This works well with transitions like bell work or cleaning up, specifically if you have a certain amount of time that you want students to be doing that. Jared gets really excited every year as he chooses his cleanup song. He usually chooses a song that is meant for toddlers and sometimes the students know it and sometimes they don't, but by the end of the year, they certainly do know it. 
The music is so different from the classic rock or punk music that he plays in class or in the shop that students recognize and start taking action. The great thing about these transition songs is that they can be programmed to play automatically by setting an alarm on your computer. We typically have PCs as our teacher computers in our school, so we've always used the Windows Task Scheduler to do this on a PC, and I'm going to link to that in the show notes so you can have some instructions on how to do that, and it depends on which Windows version you're using. There is probably a way to do it on a Mac as well. I'm not sure how to do it exactly, but you could probably search. What you're wanting to do is you're wanting to set an alarm so that at every single day at a certain time, a song will play. A little tip on this one is that the kids will get annoyed with the song. And quite honestly, you're going to be a lot more annoyed than they are because you'll probably be listening to the same song six, seven times a day. But the key is to keep it the same song for the entire year because that's what makes it automatic and that's what makes them respond. As a side note, I've also really liked using this when I was doing cleanup because instead of kids just packing up their belongings before the bell, which is always what happens, I would ask them to wait for the song to start. So then they would actually be more involved in the project or the assignment that they were working on rather than staring at the clock and counting down the minutes. And hopefully your class is engaging enough that they're not, but we know that it happens. As a recap, we talked today about the following ways to regain control of your class. Using posture and position. So make sure that you're standing up, you're standing still, and you're choosing a spot in your classroom where you are going to be giving instructions so that students can rely on that routine. Next was using your mic. Make sure that you're using your mic so that you are loud and proud without actually having to raise your voice. And then finally, using some sort of attention getters, whether that's something that you say or a sound that they hear or even music, you can get their attention no matter what they're doing, no matter where they are, so that they know what to do next. Try using these simple classroom management strategies so that you can demonstrate your authority in your classroom while maintaining the positive relationships with your students. Now, if you are listening to this in real time, we are nearing the end, at least here, the end of the third term, which means we are definitely planning for next year. If you haven't already, make sure that you grab the recruiting roadmap so that you can plan out your ideal schedule and start reaching toward your goal of teaching those classes that you truly want to teach. You can find that at www.kristenmasick.com forward slash roadmap. It would really help me out if you gave me a review on this podcast on Apple Podcasts as it will help other teachers be able to find this podcast easier. Also, share it with your friends or any of those teachers who you think would benefit from this. Make sure that you connect with me on Instagram and let me know how these strategies worked. Until next week.